This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash, and on this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. In this episode, we take a look at one of the most iconic figures in the world, Mickey Mouse. While so many know Mickey by name, I can't help but wonder what do we actually know about him and who is he supposed to be? In most pop culture, where it's uh, comics or TV or films, a character's origin story helps to find who they are. But where did Mickey come from? Let's get into the backstory of Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse may be the biggest paradox in pop culture. Oh my gosh, that's a guy. People love him, but like author Jeff Ryan, knew nothing about him. Mickey Mouse, not that funny, not that exciting. Why do we love Mickey Mouse? That's why I came into the project, too. I had seen maybe one and a half Mickey Mouse cartoons in my lifetime, but Mickey Mouse was the world's most popular fictional character, and most of the people I talked to felt the same way. Yeah, we don't really watch Mickey Mouse cartoons, but how did he get there? Who is watching Mickey Mouse? The story starts on a train ride across the West. Disney needed a new character to save his company and was inspired by pet mice he just adored. Actually, that's the story Walt Disney told. Disney did lose the rights to his character, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. But that's where the facts stop and the Mickey myth begins. The way Mickey Mouse was created is kind of boring. It's the way almost everything was created. You get a piece of paper, you draw some circles, you draw a little line, and there you go. There's a mouse. You're done. Okay, that's Mickey Mouse. But that's not interesting. That's not a, a, a fun answer. We like the truth, but we also like legends and myths. And Walt Disney was the storyteller, the visionary. He wasn't a great animator. In fact, he didn't create Mickey on paper that day. It was his partner, Ub Iwerks. Walt was a fantastic manager. If he saw someone with a skill, he found a way to use that skill. And Oob was a fantastic teacher. He was able to get anyone up to speed in drawing and teaching them how to animate and how to animate faster and better. And put the two of them together and you have Disney magic. They had met in Kansas City in 1919 and worked on Little Red Riding Hood, 1922. And he produced Alice's Wonderland, which mixed live action and animation long before Mary Poppins. After losing Oswald the Rabbit, his company filed for bankruptcy. But then along came Mickey. This time, Disney would own the character. Ub saw Mickey as Walt, outgoing. Walt saw Mickey as ub, shy, and friendly. Mickey incorporated the personalities of both men, A Mouse Divided, the title of Jeff Ryan's book. Mickey Mouse had two parents. One of them was Walt Disney, and Walt wanted Mickey Mouse to be basically Charlie Chaplin. The aw shucks every man was going around helping everyone in the world. And his partner, Ub Iwerks, had a different idea. He wanted Mickey Mouse to be a swashbuckler, a big giant hero. The first Mickey cartoon was Plain Crazy in 1928. The early days were not the Mickey we know today. Mickey was more mischievous and Mickey didn't really take off until later that year. What was the reaction to Mickey? Why did it click with people back then? Because of this sound. He was the first true sound cartoon that was a giant hit nationwide, coast to coast. 
Mickey's birthday is marked as November 18, 1928, the debut of Steamboat Willie. The first time sound was married to the character, bringing a cartoon mouse to life like he hadn't been before. Disney could be temperamental, egotistical, and had a knack for taking credit for others. Ub Iwerks was tired of it, and the two fathers of Mickey Mouse parted ways. Disney bought his share of the company for $3,000. That share today would be worth $3 billion. Ub Iwerks had become a legendary animator and created the first color cartoon, Flip the Frog. He takes a shot at Disney, creating a mouse that looks similar to Mickey. Disney was distraught about losing his friend. In the Mickey comic strip, Disney infused storylines about suicide. Walt said, I've got a great idea for a week of gags. Someone tries to steal Minnie Mouse and Mickey is so despondent that he reaches for a rifle over his mantelpiece and he's going to shoot himself. And the guy drawing is like, Walt, you can't be serious. And Walt's like, yeah, I think there'd be some good gags in that. So for a week, Mickey Mouse tries to comically kill himself. And each day by the fourth panel is always something that stops him. Mickey survived the dark storyline as well as the departure of Ub Iwerks. While Ub's Flip the Frog failed, Ub just didn't have Walt's creative vision for storytelling. That doesn't mean everything was great for Mickey. He was never as funny as Bugs Bunny. What's up, Dad? Or as adventurous as the Scooby-Doo gang. This way, Scooby! So Disney came up with someone to challenge Mickey. Someone who reacted to life's troubles as real people would, often with anger. But Donald Duck overshadowed Mickey Mouse. He's kind of a boring character compared to Donald Duck, who had come up in 1934. He was a powder keg, a real SOB, and people would write Mickey Mouse cartoons, and then they'd get Mickey stuck in a situation where Mickey couldn't respond the way a normal person would, because a normal person would be angry, but Mickey can't be angry. Donald Duck, Donald Duck can be angry. So the Mickey Mouse cartoon would become a Donald Duck cartoon, and soon Mickey Mouse was only showing up once or twice a year. Okay, we'll be right over. Disney didn't know what to do with the mouse. Then, as Disney often did, he came up with an idea. The purpose of Sorcerer's Apprentice was to get Mickey back front and center. And one of the ways they did that was by taking all the other characters out. If Mickey is alone on screen, no one else can seem more charismatic than him. Walt had lost so many other friends. He had lost Ubi Works. He had lost his other characters. He didn't want to lose Mickey Mouse too. He wanted to keep Mickey forever. And the greatest cartoon of all time was made just so that Mickey would never be forgotten. Hitler, a failed artist, took note of Disney's success. Adolf Hitler was very jealous of Walt Disney because he saw all of the power Walt Disney had, all of the iconography that Disney was using, and he felt that Walt Disney was wasting it on cheer and goodwill and friendliness when he could be using it to enslave and domineer his neighbors. During World War II, the American government asked Disney to make animated training and propaganda films. Not right, not right, not right, not right.
Ub had since rejoined Disney and created amazing animation for training films. Disney even made a film to persuade the White House strategy on winning World War II. It was based on the book he read called Victory Through Air Power. So he made a whole movie out of the book, which came out during World War II, and he convinced uh, FDR to show it to Churchill. FDR and Churchill both get convinced that air power is going to win World War II. The problem is, Walt Disney is still just a guy. He's not a military historian. He's not an expert. So his opinion is swaying the whole course of World War II. When people see stuff on TV or up on screen, they believe it. And that, that counts for Churchill and FDR as well as for, for you and I. Ub helped Walt survive the war years, but things were never the same. Perhaps he is mostly forgotten because Disney is so remembered. There were others who could draw, but Disney's dreams of a legacy that stirs our imagination. We can thank both men for Mickey, who achieved icon status just by being nice. I think one of the real secrets is that you don't see Mickey. That is actually part of the appeal. That's not a, a bug, that's a feature. The fact that we don't know very much about him other than that he's very nice. If you try to make a 90-minute movie with Mickey Mouse, you would have to give him some sort of foibles. You'd have to give him some sort of problems. You'd have to give him some sort of flaws, and we don't want that in Mickey Mouse. And if Disney did that, then Mickey Mouse would cease being the, the character up on the pedestal. They'd rather have him up on the pedestal than try to get 90 minutes entertainment out of him. They've had 90 years instead. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To find more stories like this and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at wgntv.com slash backstory. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.